morning, everyone. It's so good to see you this morning. Welcome uh, to church today, whether you're here in person, and it's great to see those who are in person. Lovely to see your faces, or what I can see anyway. Um, but welcome also to those who are joining online, and uh, maybe you will be listening to the service after it's gone out live, so welcome, and uh, trust that you uh, really enjoy being with us this morning. So good to see everyone. Great to be in God's presence in his house. We're here to worship him this morning. He is the King of Kings, and he is the one that we've come to worship. And we're going to do that through song and, uh, and just our fellowship together, through our prayers, um, and through just hopefully gleaning something from his word today as well. So let's just bow our heads in prayer, and as we invite the Holy Spirit to come and move amongst us, Holy Spirit. We ask that you'd move in our gathering today. We want to experience your presence today. Heavenly Father, we long for your presence. Lord, we long to just enter into your gates with thanksgiving. And Father, we come to do that today. Lord, we know that there are many things happening in our world just now that could cause us to be distressed. But Father, we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter, the author and finisher of our faith. He is the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. He is the, eter the eternal one. And Father, we just come to you to worship you in spirit and in truth this morning. And so, Lord, we ask that you'd meet with us in such a special way. Lord, as we begin to praise you through song, we ask that it be uh, something that you'd come and live in today. And may we experience your presence as we worship you through song today. Lord, bless this gathering Father, bless those who are joined online as well. Maybe even those who are listening to this after, uh, after Sunday and after it's went out live. Father, we just pray your blessing on every family, every person who engages with this. And Lord, those who uh, are part of our lives who are not part of this church, Lord, we pray your blessing on them. We pray that you would move and uh, that you would bring conviction in their lives. And Father, just put within them a desire to know you and to, to get to know you and to to get right with you. And so, Father, we just ask that your hand would be upon each one this morning. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. 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 Let's stand to sing. If you want to stand. All the earth.
place changes everything. Father, your presence changes everything. Lord, we know that when you come into a situation, it changes our perspective. When we focus on you, it changes our perspective. And Father, there are some people in here today, and Lord, we just ask that you'd help us to change our focus onto you. Father, to take our eye off of the situation and just to come before you and to trust you with that situation. Lord, we come here today from many different experiences this week. Father, some good, some not so good. Father, people at all sorts of different stages in, in life and different stages in our walk with you and our understanding of who you are. Father, different stages in our faith and in our growth. And Lord, so many things that are happening around us in our, our circumstances and the different situations that we, we are facing even at the moment. Um, and Lord, we pray that you'd come and demonstrate your presence in our lives and in our circumstances, Lord, that we might be able to, to really find you in those circumstances. And so, Lord, we pray, help us to just lift those things to you today that are troubling us. And we ask, Father, that we would see you at work in the circumstances. Lord, even if those things are practical, Father, just in some of the conversations uh, before the service today, Father, just some practical things that we need in solutions to. Lord, we pray, we lift those things to you and we ask that you bring a solution to that practical problem. Father, so many different needs. Um, and Father, even as we uh, welcome a, a congregation online, even today, Father, maybe even people who are not part of our church who may even... Um, be part of this service today. Lord, we just pray that you would just move into those uh, situations and that we would see your presence demonstrated in those situations. And Father, we pray that as we see that, that our hearts would rise in faith. And Lord, that you would just restore some of the things which the enemy would seek to steal away from us. Peace, joy, hope, Father, things that the enemy would seek to try and rob us of, we ask that you would just pour them in in abundance. Father, we pray and we ask that you come and fill us with your spirit today. Fill us afresh with your spirit. Lord, we know that these things which we pray about and we ask for, Father, these things which we, we long to have in our lives, Father, we, 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 we have them as we are filled with your spirit. Lord, they are called the fruit of the spirit. And Father, we ask, come and fill us afresh today. May there be such a, an infilling of our hearts today as we receive, Father, what you want to give us. Lord, may our, our longing and our desire be after you, that we would be filled, Father, filled to overflowing. And Lord, we pray that we would overflow with joy. Father, that we would overflow with peace. Lord, that we would overflow with hope. And so, Lord, we pray that you bring refreshing. Lord, just as the song in uh, the words in that song said, have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today. There's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy. From the ashes, a new life is born. Jesus is calling. And Father, just with that sense of uh, the, the chains of our past trying to hold us back and to keep us in the past and, and not entering into the future which you have for us, Father, we pray that you break every chain. And Father, that you bring freedom to people in this house and in this service today. Father, maybe even to people who will listen to this message long after today is finished and resigned to history. Father, we pray, break every chain and bring freedom into every heart and in, into every situation. And so, Lord, we just pray that you would do these things for your glory. And Father, we, we just bring before you those in our church who are sick and need a touch from you. Father, we ask that your hand would be upon them. And Father, there are many who need a touch from you. Lord, we might not pray for everybody by name today, but Lord, just as I, I, I pause in this moment and Father, just picture faces of people who need a touch in their body from you. Father, so many.
Lord, we ask that you come and that you bring strength and healing and peace into physical bodies. Father, those who are struggling in their minds, Father, we pray that you just bring peace, such a sense of your presence and calm. Father, we bring before you those who are struggling with grief and loss at the moment. Father, even just recently, even just this week, people in our church, in our church family affected by grief, and Lord, we bring them before you. Lord, we ask that you will just come and minister to them in their situation. Father, the God of all comfort, we pray that you come and bring comfort. You are the comforter, Holy Spirit. We pray that you come and bring bring that comfort, minister by your Spirit. Lord, we do thank you for encouraging news from those we support on the mission field. Father, we thank you for encouraging news about Ian and Sarah. Father, we thank you for encouraging news about Ron just in that uh, post that we saw yesterday on Facebook. Uh, Lord, just them sitting up. And uh, Lord, we just thank you for these answers to prayer. Lord, even in our own situations, Lord, answers to prayer. And Lord, we just pray that you'd keep doing the things which you're doing. Keep moving in greater ways amongst us. And Father, lastly, I pray for this world of ours which is in turmoil. Lord, we pray that you'd help us to be strong, help us to keep our eyes fixed in you. And Father, we pray for your church um, right across this world and in countries where there is turmoil. Lord, we ask that you'd strengthen your church. And Father, we pray that you bring peace into every heart. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would move in your church. Lord, Jesus said, I will build my church. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Father, regardless of what happens in life, regardless of how the enemy tries to come against us, Lord, we know that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And Father, we thank you that you are building your church. Despite what's happening round about us, you are building your church. Build us, Father. Build us closer together and be glorified in your church. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Please be seated and uh, make yourself comfortable just as I uh, transition for a little second here. Are you glad to be in church today? Are you sure? <laughs> uh, I'm definitely glad to be in church and it's so good that we're together and so good, so good that we're able to sing and to sing our praises to God. Um, so good that we worship a God who listens to us, who knows everything that's happening in our lives. Does that encourage you? That encourages me that there's a God who knows everything about my life. Sometimes that kind of scares me a wee bit as well, I have to say. I'm like, oh, I wish you didn't know about that. But, but the reality is we serve a God who knows everything that's happening in our lives, and that's encouraging just a reminder, I sent out an email this week about the Impact 2540 appeal. There was a link to Assemblies of God. Um, if you get a chance, that would be great if you could uh, uh, make a donation to that to help people in Afghanistan um, through our existing Assemblies of God uh, connections and, and networks, um, which obviously we can't go into all the details for obvious reasons, um, but it will help our uh, denomination, along with many other Christian denominations and organizations that are working hard to help people. 25th of September at 8 o'clock is the Standing Strong Conference. I think I sent a link out with that as well. It'd be great if you get booked out up to that and listen to uh, testimonies of people who uh, have just experienced God in incredible ways. Um, and yeah, just that following uh, Sunday, the 26th, we have Mark Hind from Open Doors with us speaking in the church, looking forward to Mark being with us and looking forward to his, him joining us on a prayer evening that week as well. So just so that you're aware of that. I mentioned that last week. Um, I'm probably not going to uh, mention that again until nearer the time now. But reminder that we have prayer at 9.30 on a Monday morning on Zoom and prayer at 7.30 on a Wednesday night on Zoom also. And this is opportunities for us to really come together and to work together in prayer. You know, a fellowship is intimate partnership. Partnership means we're in something together, doing something together, and we can make a difference. And we'd be encouraged to see answers to prayer. I don't know if you're on Facebook, we saw a picture of Ron 
Domingo sitting in his chair with his oxygen mask on, but it was encouraging just to see that improvement in him. And, you know, I really felt for Joanna having to, uh, to do all that care herself, uh, albeit there was help from others in terms of advice. And in this, at the same time, she's struggling uh, with her own uh, situation in, in, in health. So we, we need to keep praying for them today. Um, also, uh, it's encouraging to hear news about Ian and Sarah. Uh, they're doing well and on the way to recovery. And I'm going to quote something which Ian said in an email which he sent out today. I'm going to quote that in just a little minute or two when I'm speaking. So let, let's keep praying for, for these folks. It's a massive, massive step to leave your home country and to go somewhere else in a different culture. People speak a different language. They have different customs. And they don't necessarily have all the benefits that we have here and take for granted, let's be honest, sometimes. It's a massive step to, to go out and to serve God in these situations. So let's keep them in our prayers. I'm going to read from uh, Zechariah chapter uh, 9 today, just a few verses. Um, I forgot my clicker again, Sophie, so you'll need to just help me with our presentation. Um, just if you go to the first slide there, uh, that'd be great. And the title of what I want to say is Prisoners of Hope. And hopefully you'll see why as we read this passage from Scripture. And uh, I'm not going to go into all the background about Zechariah. It's written after the Jews have come back out of exile. Um, and uh, it's just such an interesting book to read. So many things which Zechariah talks about actually we see being fulfilled in Christ. And, you know, it's just, uh, you know, even in, later on in this chapter, um, yeah, we'll come to it in a second. Oh, sorry, I get excited when I... When I see how scripture works and when I see how prophecy works and all these things that people said about Jesus before he came and they've been fulfilled, I, I don't know about you, I just kind of go, wow, that's, in, that's amazing. How did they know that? Well, they knew that because the Spirit came upon them and helped them to write these words. But listen uh, to the word. If you've got it, open it up. I'm reading from the NIV today. The word of the Lord against the land of Hadrach and will rest upon Damascus, for the eyes of men and all the tribes of Israel are on the Lord. <clears throat> and upon Hamath too, which borders on it, and upon Tyre and Sidon, though they are very skillful, Tyre has built herself a stronghold. She has heaped up silver like dust and gold like the dirt of the streets. But the Lord will take away her possessions and destroy her power on the sea, and she will be consumed by fire." Ashkelon will see it in fear. Gaza will writhe in agony. And Ekron too, for her hope will wither. Gaza will lose her king and Ashkelon will be deserted. Foreigners will occupy Ashdod and I will cut off the pride of the Philistines. I will take the blood from their mouths and the forbidden fruit from between their teeth. Those who are left will belong to our God and become leaders in Judah. And Ekron will be like the Jebusites." but I will defend my house against marauding forces. Never again will an oppressor overrun my people, for now I am keeping watch. Listen to this, the coming of Zion's king, it's entitled. This is the bit I was referring to in today's reading. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey." This is Zechariah writing about the very first Palm Sunday where Jesus rode into Jerusalem on the very donkey that Zechariah is talking about here. And he's predicting a time in the future when the Messiah will return and bring deliverance for his people. But also, without getting into too much detail, he's also looking forward to a time even further than that to the second coming of Jesus as well. Verse 10, I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea, from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. The blood of the covenant. If you read the Old Testament, we read that bulls and rams and goats and things had to be sacrificed. The blood was sprinkled on the altar. And it says that there, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness for sins. There's no remission for sins. And Jesus is, the, well, 
Zechariah is talking future tense about something that will happen, the blood of the covenant. He's talking about a new covenant. He's talking about Jesus' blood, who, if you remember, Jesus stood up and read from Isaiah 61. And one of the things he said he was there to do was to set the prisoners free, free from the waterless pit. And then verse 12, return to your fortress, O prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. I will bend Judah as I bend my bow and fill Ephraim. I will rouse your sons, O Zion, against your sons, O Greece, and make you like a warrior's sword. What an incredible passage. And I want to just spend a little bit of time thinking about those two uses of the word hope in that passage. I don't know if you picked them up. Twice, Zechariah referred to hope. And my title today is prisoners of hope. And this week, as I was reading my Bible, and as I was thinking about always at this, well, as soon as this sermon is finished, I start praying about the next sermon. Lord, what, what's on your heart to share in the church next time round? But as, as I was reading this passage this week, I just felt arrested when I came to that phrase, withering hope. Their hope will wither. It just arrested me, and I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, this is the word for Sunday. That whole idea of hope withering, this is the word for Sunday. And I thought, why is it the word for Sunday? Because some people need to hear some encouragement because hope can wither away. I don't know about you, the last couple of weeks I've spoke about covid and basically, the reality for us is that we've been in this situation for a year and a half, and it can begin to wear you down. I don't, I don't, maybe I'm the only person that feels a bit worn down at times by it. Um, I don't think I am. But the danger is that when we get to that place where we're feeling a bit worn out, where we feel wearied, that our hope can also wither because we're looking at the future, we're looking at what lies ahead, and we don't see things getting better, and therefore our hope begins to wither away. But I want to challenge us that our hope is not based on the things that we see, it's not based on earthly things, it's based on something more powerful. And something which Ian said, and it just encapsulates the honesty, I think, of where we can be at at times, and uh, Ian said this in an email, just giving us an update. It just arrived this morning, and I wanted to include it in the notes. And this is what he said in his email. He says, I've had about four occasions when I woke in the night completely afraid and paranoid because of the circumstances, because of the situation which he's in. He woke in the night, and I can relate to what he's saying here. I can relate to that as well without getting into all the details. We can be affected by our circumstances, physical things that are happening around about us, things that maybe are happening in our minds where we feel out of control. And I think God wants to say to us today to be encouraged to hold on to him, not to lose hope, not to allow our hope to wither away, but to be encouraged by his presence in our lives. Now, the, the people that he's talking about here, you've got to remember that the situation that the Jewish people faced prior to getting into exile, they were disobedient to God. God had said, I'm going to take you out into exile. Some went to Assyria, some went into Babylon, and now they're beginning to return. And the peoples who oppressed them, they're the ones whose hope is now withering as they see God restore his people. That's what essentially this is talking about. And the Philistine, Ekron, the people that God is talking about here, is a Philistine stronghold. And we all know that from the very outset, the Philistines were enemies with God's people. Think about Goliath and David coming out with a sling and a stone and knocking the giant down. There's always been this uh, aggro between the two uh, nations. And, and now, rather than the Philistines dominating, the Jewish people are going to dominate. But the prophet's looking not only to what's going to happen immediately, but he's looking further than that, and he's seeing uh, the second coming of Christ as well. I don't want to focus on that, but that's part of the background of the passage. And there are two words in this passage that I read out which are translated hope. And I want to touch on those 
things. I don't know about you, as you read about the distress of nations in Zechariah's day, I, I look around at what's happening in our day. You look in your TVs and you see what's happening in Afghanistan and you think, what must that be like for those people who are there? We can't even begin to imagine what that's like. And that's reported heavily on the news. And then just we were watching something on TV during the week and we realized actually there's a massive problem in Venezuela just now as well, where 5.6 million people have left that country due to political upheaval, upheaval, hyperinflation, power cuts, and shortages of food and medicine. 5.6 million people, that's the whole of the population of Scotland, exiting en masse. Hopefully, that doesn't happen in our nation. And then you think about what's happening in about this time as we come to the 20-year anniversary of the tragedy in New York, which we refer to now as 9-11, 20 years, down, 20 years down the road, I find that hard to believe. I can still see exactly where I was watching the TV in absolute shock as I saw what was happening. And why am I saying this? Because as we look at what's happening in our world, the ripple effects reach all the way out to us. What we see, what we hear, what we experience, the ripple effects reach all the way out to us. And then there's our personal circumstances. We have each got personal circumstances, things which are happening in our lives, challenges that we face, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, financial, um, practical, it can be any kind of challenge. And the challenges that we face in our circumstances become our challenges as a church, as a church family, as an extended family. Your challenges become somebody else's challenges as well, which is why we pray for people so often on the Wednesday night and on the Monday morning. We pray for people who are experiencing challenges because your personal challenges become our challenges as well, and we want to stand beside you in prayer. We get alongside you in prayer, and we represent you before God in prayer. So, we all face challenges. There's challenges in the world, there's challenges in our family, there's challenges in our lives, and in all of this, it's possible for our hope to wither away. Let me read verse 5, just to highlight this first use of the word hope. Verse 5 says, Ashkelon will see it, all the things that are happening. Gaza will writhe in agony, and Ekron too, for her hope will wither. Gaza will lose her king, and Ashkelon will be deserted. Her hope will wither. And the word there is really talking about expectation. What is your expectation or the the object of your hope or confidence. What are you looking at? What are you focused on? What is the object of your hope? What is your expectation? That's the danger if we look at all the things that are happening around the world and we go, there's no hope. There's no hope for this world. Well, the church is the hope of the world according to what one person said. The church working as it should is the hope of the world would be what I would say we can have this hope because, and I'll come to this, it's not based on us, but it's based on something far higher. And it talks about this hope withering, and really what it's talking about is drying up. Maybe we can just go to the next slide. This is what happens when hope withers, or when not just hope withers, but when things dry up. These are almond trees in California, which have totally dried up and become dead due to the drought that they were experiencing when this photograph was taken. Let me demonstrate it in another way. Um, this is a picture of Lake Oroville uh, in California. Next slide. This is how it should look. I don't know about you, I want to go there on my holidays. <laughs> but this is how it did look as a result of a, a drought that was ongoing in California. That lake which was filled with water is left to a trickle. Because nothing's coming into the lake because of the drought. There's no rain. There's a lot of uh, 
High temperatures, which are causing a lot of precipitation. Is that the right word? No. No, no. Evaporation. Evaporation is when it goes up. And remember my geography lesson? And due to all these things, the lake is drying up. And these are, these are actually houseboats which would have floated away up here. The number of houseboats on the lake has reduced because there's no room for them. Because the water level has went down because people are using the water and using the water and using the water and there's nothing coming back in to top up the lake. And I think that's what it can be like in our lives. We seem to think we can keep running and keep running and keep running on the resources which we have, but unless we stay connected to God, then we begin to dry up as Christians. And what it's talking about here is people's hope drying up. When you Stop being able to see God in the situation our hope can dry up. When things seem dry, don't let your hope wither. I don't know about you, I have to keep holding on to these things all the time. I have to keep holding on to what God has said all the time. I'm going to send out an email with a link to some things which God said to our church in May. I've collated them as one video. I'm going to send you a link Hopefully you will watch it and listen because I think God is speaking to our church in recent days even. And the things which he says can give us hope. Even when things seem dry, even when we think, here's another challenge, our hope is fed from a higher source. The second use of this word is where it talks about in verse 12, return to your fortress, O prisoners of hope. Even now, I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. Prisoners of hope. I love that expression, a prisoner of hope. I don't know about you, I want to be a prisoner of hope. I want to be held captive in hope, but not hope in things that surround, or even in my own strength, I'll come to that in a second, hope in my Savior. And what he's talking about here is, again, your expectation. What is your expectation? A prisoner of expectation, if you want to phrase it that way. He's talking about people who've been exiled, coming back to Jerusalem, building the city, Zion, building the temple, building the walls, as we read about in Ezra and Nehemiah, and what has been destroyed by the enemies, their temple looted, everything taken out of it. God is saying, I'm going to restore it. And they, therefore, they have an expectation. God is going to restore. But we need to remember, we don't have that kind of fortress. We don't have a temple. We have a church building, but our church building isn't the temple. Who, who's the temple? We are the temple. Don't you know that you're the temple of the living God? The holy living God lives in us, and we become the temple but our stronghold is God himself. Our fortress is God himself. And if we're strayed and lost hope, then we need to return to the fortress. We need to return to our God who is our hope. What's your confidence in? What's your expectation? What are you looking to? Just next slide, uh, Sophie, please. Um, what are you looking to? What's your confidence resting in? Is it yourself? Is it your skills? Is it your savings? <laughs> I hear the laughs as people go, well, certainly not in that. <laughs> Who's your confidence resting in? It's very easy for our confidence to rest in ourselves when everything is going right, when we're, we feel like we're in control of life and we're in control of what's happening in life. All it takes is for something to happen that makes us realize, actually, I'm not in control. I don't know. I, I've showed some videos in the past uh, of a man called Ed Dobson sharing his story. You might remember him talking about forgiveness and the woman uh, who had been fired from her job and and that whole thing about forgiveness, and she eventually set up this ranch for women to, to come and be ministered to. Do you remember that video? And a, another video where he talks about getting up in the morning and just being thankful for breath. 
um, and just a, a pastor, a local pastor who had encouraged him in that. I don't know if you remember these videos. This is what Ed says. He says this, I think early on in my life, I thought I was in control. And ALS, which is the term, uh, the American term for what we call more commonly motor neuron disease, taught me I'm not in control. And the truth is, you don't control squat. That's what Ed Dobson said. He's struggling with a debilitating illness, and he realizes, actually, I can't control anything. And at this point, when he's speaking, his wife is having to do so many things for him. It's very easy to have hope when our confidence is in everything going okay, and maybe in our own resources and in our own strength and in our own skills. Listen to what Job says, or well, what Eliphaz, one of Job's friends, he asks him this question in Job 4.6, doesn't your reverence for God give you hope or confidence as it's translated in the New Living Translation. Doesn't your life of integrity give you hope? And that word hope that it's speaking about here is, is confidence. The literal translation of that word is actually a cord, like a, like a bit of rope. There was a bit of rope in that picture in the first slide. The literal translation is cord, <clears throat> but figuratively it's talking about confidence or hope. The psalmist writes this, O Lord, you alone are my hope. You are my grounds for hope. I have trusted you, O Lord, from childhood. Psalm 71 verse 5. And then the psalmist David, he confidently declares, he alone, talking about God, is my rock and my salvation and my fortress where I will not be shaken. And Zechariah, to come back to what he's talking about, the word that he uses is actually more uh, powerful in a sense when we realize that he's not talking about any old hope. He's talking about the hope. He's talking about the hope. If I can pause for a little second and give you a little grammar lesson. Robert will laugh because he's always correcting me in my grammar. Um, but a little grammar lesson. And it's this thing called the definite article. The word the is the definite article. I only realized recently that the word the is actually an adjective. The definite article. Let me give you an example. The moon is bright tonight. The moon is bright. Because there is only, as you look up, there is only one moon. It is the moon. The definite article, the moon. It can also be used because there's only one of that thing in that particular context. So, for example, we could say, the church up the road. If you were down the street and somebody says, where do you go? Well, I go to the church up the road. One of other churches, but it's the one specifically up the road. That's the use of this grammatical idea called the definite article. And that's what Zachariah uses here. He uses that type of expression when he talks about the hope. Let me read some verses from Colossians. Colossians chapter 1 verse 5 to illustrate what we're talking about here. Colossians 1 5 talks about the faith and love that spring from the hope and that is stored up for you in the heavens. It talks about in heaven, but the, the better way to describe it is the heavens. It's actually plural, and that you have already heard about the word of truth, the gospel. It's all that use of the definite article in the language of Colossians as it was written. Colossians chapter 1 verse 23 says, if you continue in the faith, well, it's translated your faith, but it's actually the faith established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that was proclaimed to you, every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. And what he's trying to convey is that the faith, the hope, the heavens, the word of truth, the gospel are unique. 
Just as you look up at the sky at night and you say, the moon is bright tonight, I am looking at the moon. There is one moon, and in the same way, there is one hope, one truth, one gospel. And I just find the hope an interesting thought. The hope is in one God, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, to quote Scripture. It is the hope that is grounded in God's perfect work, His sovereignty over all things, His rule, His authority. It's not a hope. It's not one hope amongst other hopes. It is the hope. Other hopes are confined, confined sorry, to a material universe. The universe, the flesh and blood thing that we live in, the, the air that we're breathing in just now, many, many hopes. But what we're talking about here is an eternal hope, a living hope, the hope. Does this make sense to you? It is very specific. And I think it's unique to the Christian faith. And that I find amazing. Daniel, in chapter 2, verse 35, talks about the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. Do you remember Daniel's vision, or sorry, Nebuchadnezzar's vision of this statue? Gold head, silver, bronze, iron, iron and clay, all that kind of stuff. And Nebuchadnezzar makes this big, massive statue. But Daniel and, uh, and Nebuchadnezzar in the vision saw a rock that came and struck the statue on the feet. And Daniel gave him the translation to that, the interpretation, the meaning behind that. And he said that there was a rock which would come out and strike the statue in the feet, and the statue would fall down. And what he was saying was all the kingdoms in the world, all the power plays in the world would all come to nothing. And what would last would be this rock which would become a mountain. And what Nebuchadnezzar saw thousands of years ago was the coming of Messiah, the coming of Jesus, who would be the rock, who would be the cornerstone, who would be the one that we can trust. And in the Psalms, it says this, he alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. I hear people talk about hope as if it's a bad thing. Have you ever heard that? Like hope is a negative thing. Have you ever heard people talk about that? I have to say, it kind of puzzled me at first. But we can have false hopes. You know, you can kind of understand where people say, talk about getting your hopes up. You can get your hopes up that something will happen. But it's not necessarily a hope that has a solid foundation. It's not necessarily a hope that is grounded in what God has already said. It is a hope one among many, but it's not the hope that the Bible talks about. And so we can get our hopes up. And it's all good and well if you can guarantee the thing you can hope for is going to happen. But life doesn't work that way, and I'm sure we all know that. There are things that I hope will happen, but they're not necessarily based on anything that's got any substance to it. It's just a false hope Maybe it's just a, a wishful thinking. But what we're talking about is the hope. The hope that sustains us through our trials, through our temptations, through our tests, through our traumas, and sometimes even through our tantrums. The hope. Not just any old hope, not just any old port in a storm. And it's definitely not a ground, groundless hope because it's grounded in God. Let me read Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. I am so blessed to be standing in the grace of God Nothing I could have done could have ever earned it or given me any merit. It's all about the grace of God. And we rejoice in the hope 
of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Round of applause. How many of us can say that we rejoice in our sufferings? I don't, (laughs) if I'm being totally honest. I'm like, oh no, here we go again. (laughs) And we tend not to rejoice in our sufferings. Sometimes it's with hindsight that we go, okay, I didn't say the right thing. I went, oh, here we go again. But in the midst of it somewhere, you got reconnected with God and you went, actually, God's in this with me. And he's walking through this thing with me. Not only so, we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Who knows that when we go through things and when we endure, it develops perseverance within us. Perseverance develops character and character ultimately hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. God has given us something unique. He has given us the hope. Do you know, I referred to the literal translation of this word hope. And the literal translation, figuratively it means expectation, literally it means accord. Let's just go to the last, the next slide please, Sophie. Accord. The same word that's translated hope is translated cord. And we read about it in Joshua chapter 2. Joshua had sent two spies into the land to spy out the land. He'd learned from Moses' mistake, who'd sent 12. Ten were bad and brought back a bad report. Two were good, Caleb and Joshua. And here he is, he's only sending two. He says, I'm not going to take that chance again. I'll only send two spies in and they'll come back with a good report. And those two spies, uh, word got out that they were there. They were there in Jericho searching out the land. And so this woman called Rahab, she hid the spies up on the roof of her house. And when they came looking for the spies, she didn't let on that they were there. She said, oh, they were here, but they've went down the road. If you go now and hurry up, you'll catch them. And she keeps them safe, and then she ultimately lets them down through her window, down the wall, to go to a place of safety. And she says, please, please spare my family when you come to take over Jericho. And what what does it say? It says, then the men said to her, this oath you made us swear will not be binding us unless when we enter the land you have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down. And unless you have brought your father and mother, your brothers and all your family into your house. Joshua 2, 17 and 18. Unless you have tied this scarlet cord into your window. That was her hope of salvation. The scarlet cord was her hope of salvation. When everything would go wrong, this was her hope. And what happened? We read about what happened to Jericho and how the walls came tumbling down. And you might be able to remember your Sunday school songs as well. But Rahab was spared. Why? Because she hung out the scarlet cord from her window and that scarlet cord was her hope. I think that's incredible. I'm going to tie a scarlet cord to my key ring to remind me that God is my hope. When things don't go well, I can be reminded that He is my hope. Very easy for us to wither up, to to wither away, to dry up. Do you know, you've probably seen this, when a branch gets cut off the trees... And it looks fine to start with, but ultimately the leaves start to dry up because it's been cut off from source. And after a while, the branch itself dries up so that you can snap it and it will break because it has become disconnected from the source. It's become disconnected from life. We read that in John chapter 15. Read about abiding in the vine, about being connected to Jesus. And maybe someone listening today has been cut off from God for many years. And I felt God say to you today, 
Now it's time to get connected again. You might wonder why your hope has withered away. It's because you're disconnected. And God is saying to someone or some people today, now it's time to get connected again. We need that vitality. We need life. We need breath. We need water. These are things which we need to physically live. But the Bible tells us that we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the Father. God is our source, and we need to stay connected to Him. Our hope needs to be grounded in Him, in our relationship with Him. He is our living hope. I don't know how this message has impacted you today. I had a sense as I was preparing that it was for some people very specifically today. So you might have listened to the message today and go, oh, that was fine. And you go away and have your lunch and you forget all about it. That's okay. But there are some people here today and this is the word for you. There are some people who've joined us online and this is the word for you today. You need to get connected back in to the source. You need to get connected back in to God. And I want us to just bow our heads and pray for a minute or two as we draw things to a close. And we're going to invite you to get connected once again to God. Maybe some people have never been connected to God. You've never taken that step to really trust in God as your Savior. Today is the day for you to get connected. And it's just a simple prayer away. Let's pray. And if you've never prayed that prayer to God, then repeat this one after me into yourself. Pray it within yourself. And if you pray that in faith today and reach out to God, he will come into your life through his Holy Spirit. You will get connected to him, the very source of this living hope. Dear God, I recognize that I've trusted in myself for many years. I've relied on my own resources, my skills, my strengths, so many things. Today I surrender them to you. I give myself to you. I ask that you'd forgive me for my self-reliance and come into my heart today through your spirit. Forgive my sins. Make me clean. And live within me so that I may have this living hope. The hope in Jesus' name. Amen. And Father, we just pray. We pray that anyone who has prayed that prayer today or even after today has been resigned to history. Lord, we pray that you would come by your Spirit and that you'd empower and you would strengthen. Lord, for those today who need to get connected back into you afresh, Lord, we pray that you would come by your Spirit and that you would pour out your Spirit even in this very moment. Father, whether people are gathered in in person in the building here or online, Father, we pray that you would come by your Spirit and that you would minister into every heart. Father, help us to stay connected to you, the very source of our lives. Father, some of us have been like that lake which dried up. Father, we kept using the resources which you gave us, but we neglected to get connected to you to be refreshed. Lord, we pray, help us to get connected to you. And Father, we pray like that uh, state in America needs rain. Father, we pray that you would come with the rain of your spirit. Jesus said, come to me, all who are thirsty, all who need a, a touch and drink from me. And Father, we pray, help us to come to Jesus and to lean into him, to trust him, and to be filled by him today. If that is you today, then I want you to just pray that prayer, pray a prayer to God and just say, I I need to get connected to you again. Just come and help me. That's all you need to say. I need to get connected to you again. Just come and help me. Be my hope. Be in my life. Be in my situation. Father, we pray that for this congregation We pray that for every family. We pray your blessing on everyone who's here, gathered online. Father, those who can't be with us today for whatever reason. Father, we pray for your blessing to be poured out in our lives. Help us to stay connected to you, the very source of our life. 
And Father, we pray that each of our problems would become each other's problems. Father, help us to bear one another's burdens. Lord, help us to shoulder. Sometimes we just need somebody to come alongside us and help us. Help us to shoulder each other's burdens. And Father, when we're needing somebody to come and help us, may there be people around in our church family who are willing to get alongside us and to support us and to share that burden. And so, Father, we ask, take us out into this week. Father, we don't know what this week holds. Lord, we know for many, there's a lot of things going on. For many, it's a busy week. Father, for, for some, there are uh, just difficult things and challenges. Lord, we pray, help us to face this week with you right at our side. May we know your presence. And Father, may you strengthen us as we face the sometimes uncertainties of what a week might hold. But Father, we have this sure and certain hope that you are with us. Help us to experience your presence as we head out into this week. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Now, I do need to do one more thing before you go. Uh, apologies, I meant to do this during the announcements. And it was in my head, but I forgot. Have a great week. And if there's anything you need to chat about, just feel free to get in touch. Lord bless you.